You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Gameplay. Scott Mitchell, Jay's reporter, will join us in just a moment. But I want to remind everyone, and you're hearing the promos for it, but in case you haven't, uh, we want you to be the unofficial correspondent of the Waste Management Open that's going on in Arizona. We have a grand prize, which will get you a flight for two, four nights hotel, two tickets to the Open for the closing weekend, $500 Golf Town gift card, $500 cash, spend however you like, and a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X. So what you do is you listen every day on First Up for the daily waste management keyword. If you hear it, be sure to tune in to Overdrive that same day. When you hear the cue to call, you call us in studio at 416-870-1050. The first caller through, boom! If you got that correct keyword, you're already going to win a $100 Golf Town gift card. Then you qualify for the grand prize draw. When is that grand prize draw, you ask? I'm glad you did. First up with Karolnik and Kolyakovo, we'll be calling our grand prize winner on Friday, February 3rd. Full contest details available at tsn1050.ca. Joining us now, part-time Blue Jays reporter and big-time college football handicapper, it is Scott Mitchell. Scott, before we talk anything else, I I saw you the other day in the hallway. We had that awkward hug that happens when one man is 5'7 and the other is over 6 feet tall. Um, What was your record last year with college football picks? (laughs) Well... How do you want to define it? I, I want to talk about my win totals, my season win total bets Do that it. went tw- that went twenty and four. Uh, I will say though, I was under five hundred during bowl season, so it, it you know it, it that's gambling. It tends to even out. Yeah, that's it, how it kind of works. So overall, you so overall you were Seinfeld. You were uh, you were fifty fifty. You were you know even Stephen. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I I found a twenty in my pocket, and you know, lost a twenty on uh, on the bowl games. It's uh, look. I, if I if I'm even, Steven, I'll take it. It, it was a long year, and yeah. uh, I'm happy with the way things worked out. And it seems like every time I was on your show with a pick, it didn't work out. So yeah, either true. need to not <laughs> ask me about my picks or not have me on. Either one. I'm not going to do either of those. So basically, what you're saying is listen to you in late July, early August, and then ignore you at the beginning of December. Yeah, that's kind of what people do in baseball season anyway, so it works out. You know, it's it's absolutely perfect. All right, well, let, let's uh, just sort of, because uh, it's been a while since you've been on, and I figured just, hey, let's everyone get sort of caught up to date, and um, your TSN Top 50 Blue Jays prospects, we'll talk about that in a second, but... Um, for, pe- for, for people that just need the Coles notes, what's, uh, what's happening, or what, excuse me, what's happened the last couple of weeks when it comes to arbitration, spe- specifically with players like Vlad and Bo? Well, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Bo is the, the noteworthy one. You know, Vladimir Grove Jr. got his deal done, $14.5 million, uh, you know, easy peasy January work. And, you know, that's what usually these things are. And, yes. you know, even if you do have to go to arbitration, it's not the end of the world. So Bo Bichette's going to arbitration. And, you know, I think the, the big picture theme with Bo these days is, you know, they, they told his contract last year. He kind of made a point to, you know, say that he didn't like the way the arbitration arbitration and contract system for young players was. And, you know, this is his, his first trip through arbitration. When you look at, 
you know, where the Blue Jays land at five million and where he lands at seven seven point five million, you know, a fairly large gap, one of the biggest gaps, you know, in terms of, of any kind of arbitration, uh, you know, case that that's going on uh, or will be going on in the month of February when we get to spring training. So, um, you know, it's kind of fair to, to kind of look at it and wonder, uh, you know, if these sides are ever going to be able to align on a long-term deal. And I'm not saying they won't be able to because these things can change with one conversation. But, you know, when you have one player clearly valuing himself a little bit differently this early in the process, um, you know, it's hard to envision, you know, any ter- any sort of, you know, arbitration type deal where they buy out free agent years, you know, coming to fruition easily. Um, so you, you ha- kind of have to look at these next three years for Bo Bichette at this point, unless something changes and, and, you know, think that he really probably wants to test free agency and see where he's at. And when you look at kind of the, the logistics of it, you know, I think it has a lot to do with his defense. I think, you know, Bo Bichette values himself as a shortstop. And right now it's a, a fair question to ask whether the Blue Jays do long-term. And, you know, I think his position is going to be up for debate in these next 12 months as, as we move forward. I, uh, as a typical radio gas bag, yelled and screamed. One of my predictions for 2023 would be the Blue Jays would spend $600 million on contract extensions for Bo and um, for Vlad. Um, and uh, um, you know, I, I'm trying to, there was one other player I, I had in mind that will come to me in a second. Um, but when you think of what's happened the last couple of weeks, can it have that much of an impact for the next couple of years? What's going on the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you're probably probably thinking Alec Manoa. Yeah, sorry, he, Alec Manoa. There. Yeah, Manoa, Bichette, Vlad. Give him six hundred million. Give him long contract extensions, and let's just move on. Yeah, I mean, look, this is uh, you know the contract extension thing. We've been talking about this since these guys were essentially rookies. So, um, you know, it's kind of been you know the idea that everyone that everyone has thought because Mark Shapiro, you know, kind of pioneered these these deals back in his Cleveland days and. You know, I, they've investigated it, absolutely. I don't know that they're going to be able to get any of these done. Obviously, they haven't really talked, you know, anything serious with Vladdy yet. Um, you know, Manoa, I, I think, might be the, the one that, uh, you know, kind of surprises out of nowhere, potentially. I'm not saying and that's what's going on currently, but when you look at, you know, kind of, uh, you know, how they've locked up this rotation and the potential to, you know, secure him for, for maybe five, six years, which... You know, you don't really do with pitchers because, uh, you know, things can, can go sideways in a hurry with, with one injury and things like that. But, look, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I think when you look at the Bichette stuff, it, it's going to be water under the bridge pretty quickly. But it's just the whole package of everything that's gone on and, and how he kind of values himself. And I think when you, you look at his defense last year, it's minus 16, uh, you know, defensive run saved. It's above average. He was around 30th in baseball. Um, and if this team doesn't win a World Series this year, they're going to go back to the drawing board. They're going to say, hey, look, uh, how do we improve? And I think really one of the reasons or one of the ways they're going to look at improving and let Bichette, you know, improves by leaps and bounds defensively this season. I think one of the, the ways they're going to have to look at improving is the shortstop position. And, you know, whether that involves moving Bichette to second base, where he would absolutely be a plus second baseman and one of the best second basemen in baseball. Or does that mean, you know, potentially even moving him, um, you know, remains to be seen. But, you know, such a key year for this team, because when you look at, you know, kind of the steps they've made, you know, the next step is a long playoff run. And, you know, they haven't done that yet. And if they don't do it, it it's back to the drawing board and the, uh, you know, the um, 
the solutions may be yeah. a little bit more dramatic and, and creative than they have been so far. Michigan, 8-1 to one, to win the uh, college football title next year. What do you think? They uh, have the third shortest odds. Nope. Or, no, oh, okay. oh, wow. Wow. That was, that was a strong one from you. They're <laughs> the fourth shortest odds. You're, you're saying no to that. If my buddies are listening right now, they know I don't back Jim Harbaugh to win uh, big games or national championships. Uh, I will say he doesn't have the best quarterback that he's ever had going into next year. So yes, but but I'm I'm not doing it. I can't. Uh, I'm not a Jim Harbaugh guy. Um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. If I had to, if I had to sprinkle anyone mm-hmm. in January for a mm-hmm. uh, you know season that runs from September to December, that's right. I would. I would be I would be sprinkling uh, I would be sprinkling USC and Caleb Williams next year. Oh, I'm trying USC twelve to one. They have the uh, fifth shortest odds behind Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Jim Harbaugh's very own Michigan Wolverines. Getting back to the Toronto Blue Jays, if you go to TSN.ca, you're going to be finding all the fine work done by Scott Mitchell, where he is looking at the top fifty prospects of the Blue Jays. We'll stick with the guys that uh, the first part of your list is fifty to twenty six. Of that, and maybe you just go with, oh, uh, number 26, but of that uh, from 26 to 50, is there one or two guys that you think have has the shortest or has the best chances to make an impact within the next, say, two to three years? Ooh, two to three years. Um, look, I, I, I think you probably get into the this thirty-one range. I think um, Zach Britton. Uh, I will I will tease Thursday's piece is uh, the potential breakout prospect. And Zach Britton's a guy who just tore up the Arizona Fall League last uh, last fall, and uh, you know has has looked pretty good in reaching Double A. He's a lefty bat that's uh, you know kind of kind of uh, dabbled at catcher, but he's going to be an outfielder. In the big leagues, and when you look at him, he could potentially be a, a bench bat type of guy that you could see arrive. And I, I think this year, um, I don't know how many people know about Northeast Delta Dental Stadium in down in New Hampshire and in, in Manchester, but uh, very few. It, My producer it, Josh might have placed a bet on one of those on uh, on that team because he's the only one I know who probably has probably done that. It uh, it tends to favor lefty power hitters. There's been a ton of uh, lefty power hitter breakouts there. Rowdy Telez, Kevin Biggio. Uh, it's a real friendly place for those guys to play. So he's a guy that could uh, that could show up fairly quickly. Tanner Morris, number 32, is in AAA. Same with uh, number 33, Dave Schneider. Those guys are bench type guys that uh, they're not on the 40 man roster. So there's a couple guys ahead of them um, that are on tomorrow's top 25 prospects but um you know those are probably the, the the closest guys i think once you get down into the deeper part of this list not a not a lot of names that are going to be familiar to people a lot of, of young young players that uh you know are potential breakout guys but i i remember um you know four years ago now gabriel moreno landed i think at number 43 yeah. you know the first time on this on this list and uh you know worked his way up fairly quickly into the top 10 and obviously into being one of the top prospects in baseball. So, you know, that's the interesting part for me about going through this process is, uh, you know, you never really know the names you're going to uncover. And, you know, probably actually the interesting name, um, not anywhere close to what your question just was, but Carlos Vasquez, number 30, still hasn't even turned 18. And, uh, you know, you kind of pay attention when someone says, uh, you kind of ask about him in November and someone says, oh, the left-handed Gabriel Moreno. 
So he's a young catcher that just played in the Dominican Summer League. He's one to keep an eye on, too. All right. Yeah, that's good That's good to know. And this team, you know, they love trading catchers. Um, as we let you go, uh, our Blue Jays reporter, Scott Mitchell, uh, the, you know, we're, we're hearing that, obviously, Skydome will be the first phase of the new Renos will be done at the start of the season. Give me one thing she'll be excited about. Is there is there a place to get a good craft beer? Are they going to do a nice wine by the glass selection? What the, what's going on there yeah look uh they, they gave us a little tour um i guess uh, about a week ago now and and yeah the, the bar spots look cool uh they look cool in the design um they look really cool kind of seeing you know it's still a construction zone in there but yeah there, there's a lot of places to stand i think the most interesting one for me is going to be the big bar they built right beside the newly raised visiting bullpen um you know i I love toronto i love toronto fans i'm gonna be interested to see what uh you know what type of shenanigans go around there because you know these bullpens when you get in there and you get in the seat they're real close and those uh, opposing relievers are going to be warming up right uh right next to a group of uh likely lubricated fans uh for this entire season and moving forward so um, going to be interesting for me. Should be should be fun for those people with those tickets. Love it. I can't wait. Um, and maybe I'll join those fans. Hey, Scott, always appreciate. Thanks for just sort of, I think every now and then it's always good to just sort of catch uh, up with what is going on. And uh, we'll chat with you, especially when all 50 prospects lists come out. I don't want you to uh, burn any of the article till after it's done. So we'll chat soon. Hey, two, uh, three weeks from today, I will be standing on a field in, in Dunedin. So baseball season's closer than you think it is. Oh, I'm going to be so angry at you when it's like day 50 of gray skies every day in Toronto, and you're going to be near a palm tree. I'm going to hate you on that day. But I'm going to appreciate the content you bring to the show. Thank you for joining us. Cheers, pal. Take care. Take care. That is Scott Mitchell. On the other side of the show, Tom Brady gets testy. But first, traffic. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. This is found money. I want to parlay it. I want to make a big score. Embrace the odds. I want winners. With there not being a Monday Night Football, and there was no Raptor game last night, and there's no Raptor game tonight, they, uh, Take on Sacramento tomorrow, and also on Wednesday, the Rangers are at home against the Maple Leafs, 7 p.m. right here on TSN 1050. It's kind of a little bit of a lighter day, and I'm glad we have a couple minutes for this, because it doesn't involve a Toronto team, but the Hamilton Ticats have signed Bo Levi Mitchell to a three-year contract. Now, the first part of interest there is it's three years. The problem I always have with the CFL, and I write for the league, and I've been a fan since 91 when John Candy and Wayne Gretzky, Bruce McNall, Rocket Ishmael all came to town, um, is that so many contracts, it's one-year, two-year deals. It's great on free agency day because everyone is moving and shaking, but a little bit of stability is not the worst thing in the world either. Bo Levi Mitchell is 32 years old. He had his last truly elite year in 2018. That's five years ago. 2019, injuries uh, ended his season, or he only limited him, to, limited him excuse me, to 11 games. Then you had no CFL in 2020, and the last two years, he has thrown the same number of touchdowns as he has interceptions. He got benched for Jake Mayer. And for Hamilton, this is a gamble 
going for a guy whose best days have been behind him. Doesn't mean he can't bounce back. We saw that with Henry Burris in some of his latter years with the Ottawa Red Blacks, where in one of those years they upset Bo Levi Mitchell and the Ticats. Um, and the St. Peter's, excuse me. But this is a big, big story that Hamilton, because we wondered, um, Calgary traded his right to him, and now he has signed, at the very least, for Hamilton, fewer turnovers than what you got from Dane Evans, uh, which was his undoing last year with the Ticats. But this is big news in the CFL. It certainly is. You kind of have to feel for Hamilton after that rough loss last year. Mm-hmm. Like against the Alouettes, you knew you coming in that... Montreal is a solid team. Yep. But do we have that guy that could lead the charge? Mm -hmm. Dayton Evans was super solid. Like, led them to a great cup. Yep. Completed so many good passes. Kept his interception numbers way down. And then with all the the mix of Jeremiah Masoli going to the Red Blacks, like, they had to find an answer. Yeah. And what I like about this deal, Matt, is that they're also getting first-round picks. So... You can build your offense and your, essentially your entire team around Bolivar Mitchell and his leadership. But what's looking forward for the Tiger Cats? Like, how important is the future? aspect of their game. Well, they got... Here's the thing. Uh, When you talk about their future, you have to talk about their past. No team has gone longer without a Grey Cup win. The last time this team won a Grey Cup, I think it was like 1999, um, it was age against Calgary, a very different quarterback back then, but they haven't won... They they have the record right now. They're the ones who have gone the longest. And if, if they can bring back, you know, if they have, you know, they've got some good weapons in Tim White, Stephen Dunbar. They've got questions at running back. Um, they have a good defense as well. Now, part of this depends on free agency because there's a hundred free agents out there. But at the very least, they're going all in to try to win now or to win this year or next year. They at least have some stability. We now wonder what's going to happen to Dane Evans. Um, but this is big news when Bo Levi Mitchell, who for years and years was ruling the West, is trying to see does he have a second act in the East for the tabbies he may what do you think of jake mayer though like how about his progression throughout the stamps um well okay here's my thing with jake mayer he's he's shown plenty of flashes and he's young yeah and you you never know which quarterback is going to become the next star but what i do trust is i trust the calgary stampeders organization with uh, with huffnagel um you know just what he helped to build over all these years like just the bones of the calgary stampeders uh and no matter who is in charge we have seen this over the last 15 years no team wins more no team identifies talent better drafts develops you know i mean the last couple years you could say winnipeg's like hey hold my beer it's us Uh, but calgary for the last 15 15 years when the gold standard of the CFL, they probably should have more Grey Cup wins. So I think um, I, 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 they deserve the benefit of the doubt. The same way with the Raptors, I think I'm the last one saying. I think I'm the last one on the ship of no, no, no. Wait and see. Wait and see. And I, I've probably been a lot more conservative about the Raptors, but that's because I felt they deserve the benefit of the doubt. So I'll extend the same thing to Calgary. And a change was absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. And with Hamilton hosting the game in 2023, yep. the Grey Cup. They truly believe with the numbers that he has put up throughout his career and the way he can lead an offense, as we were talking about before, there's a pretty good chance they could go far. Yep. They were so close. They were. They were absolutely close. But the Argonauts ended up finding their way through. Hell yeah.
Um, speaking of older quarterbacks, let's hear from Tom Brady on what is it? Is it a podcast with him and like Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald? Because clearly it's not a radio show, or there's a good seven second delay with someone with the uh, the beeper button but, beeper button ready. That should not have been difficult to say. Here's Tom Brady being asked about his future. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f- do, I'd have already f- done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only Are the question scratching? that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Uh, do you think he appreciates being asked that question? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. That's on the Let's Go podcast with mm. Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and Jim Gray. Yes. And come on. It was inevitable that that question was going to be asked of you. Course. And it's going to be continue to be asked. Every day it's going so to be So we did our that. Tuesday Top 5 last week Yeah. on the routes that he may go. Mm-hmm. Is riding off in the sunset right now seem like possible? No. That he just not, does not want to hear any of this? No, nah, he's going to play another year. I, you know what I think? I think, I think he, I think um, Aaron Rodgers, they're just, they're just going to be watching the NFC Championship game. If uh, Brock Purdy is really bad, it's like, okay. Uh, a little call to John Lynch, a little call to the 49ers management. It goes, wow, look at those uh, defensive linemen. That Bosa guy's good. Is that Warner at linebacker? Woo-hoo, that guy's good. Is that Jimmy Ward in the secondary? He's a really good player. Who's that? You got Kittle, you got Debo, you got Ayuk. How many draft picks did you uh, you trade for Christian McCaffrey? That's a lot. But you lost by 24, and you had 11 first downs to Philadelphia. Yeah, I know they got that great defensive line. They do. Oh, boy, do they rotate a lot of players in. But if I'm those quarterbacks, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to go, okay. You bring all those guys back, you bring me in there, we're going to win a championship. If, I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, if, if I'm Tom Brady, um, th- that's where I'm circling. That's 100% where I'm circling. Or maybe maybe stays in Tampa. It's the boring one, but they got rid of Brian Leftwich. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm sure um, some of that was done. Their offensive coordinator, some of that was done with uh, Tom Brady. At the very least, Tom Brady. You have to have some say. Or if you did any say, clearly it's not like it's not like Tom Brady made it clear I ride or die with Brian Leftwich. No, not at all. But offense is staying the same. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans will be back. Chris Godwin will be back. Yep. Leonard Fournette, maybe after a down year, turning it around. Uh, I think we have I, to take this with a, uh, a bit of a grain Fournette. of salt. I like I like the other the rookie running back Rasheed White or something. White. Yeah, I, I think I think Leonard White. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette is done. It's done. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, is he like reaching the peak of like? The Ezekiel Elliott taking a pay cut type, I think type deal. He could be a blocking back, fullback, maybe. Uh, you know, the, you know, like the third tight end they bring in on heavy for heavy packages. Yes. You know, maybe Fournette's there, or just like the uh, guard, the yeah. one yard line type TD. Not with Tom Brady, because you got no. Tom Brady, you got the greatest QB sneak artist of all time. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette can't compete with Tom Brady. You know, when it comes to the, when it comes to that job, but, but he seemed kind of. Not disgruntled or upset with the question. Just like, yeah. hey, I do not want to answer this right now. Let me sit back and enjoy. I just went through a rough loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't. I, I as myself haven't done much in the playoffs in these last couple of seasons. Let me chill out a bit. Yeah, that's what it seemed like on, on Brady's side. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm taking it with a bit of a grain of salt and yes. not going to look into it as as much as as people may. No.
No. But, uh, you know, by the way, if you think this story is going away, wait till after, uh, wait till Tuesday of next week. AFC NFC Championship games are done. It's like, oh, we got, well, we got, we got two weeks till the uh, till the Super Bowl. Then you're going to be hearing that question a hell of a lot more. Yeah. All right, on the other side, always enjoying. It's been a little while uh, from Veasan. Gil Alexander is going to join the show, and uh, he's got some bets for the Aussie Open, and we'll do a ton of football talk, and we will do that in just a moment. But first, before. Before, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to forget, is that uh, you know we got a lot going on here at the station, and of course we do this every Tuesday and every Thursday on the show. Get ready to text at ten fifty fifty. Tomorrow's classic Lotto six forty nine jackpot is an estimated five million dollars, and the gold ball jackpot is an estimated eighteen million dollars. So text six four nine and your name to ten fifty fifty for your chance to win a hundred dollars in Lotto six forty nine tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto six forty nine. Find your possible. So text six four nine and your name to ten fifty fifty. And was that awkward intro because I didn't have the read in front of me? You're damn right it was. You didn't have to expose yourself. There. <laughs> Just know some of our, our listeners can make as much yes. as Aaron Rodgers if he goes to New York. There you go. We get back to the NFL next. This is Gameplay. Can I get in on that? On TSN 1050. You broke his thumbs. It was an accident. <laughs> is that what you call it when somebody doesn't pay up? Embrace the odds. I want winners. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. Uh, I'm just going to take you behind the curtain. I'm Matthew Cause. Uh, you know the show. Um, uh, the song's coming on. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I've been told this is performing at the Super Bowl. Does Rihanna have a very... Has she gone a very different direction with her music? That does not sound like a song where you rhyme umbrella with Ella. No, I wasn't going the uh, the Rihanna route. Uh, Chris Stapleton oh, will be performing. Chris Stapleton, the game. That's right. Okay, at, at the Super Bowl. So oh, I had to uh, okay. have to give a little shout out there. Okay. Do, or do you want nice. more of the Rihanna taste? No, no. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. So uh, it's a pregame line of Chris Stapleton, Babyface, and Cheryl Lee Ralph hmm. ahead of the big game. God, you know, you hit that age. Um, and uh, the opposite of my producer here, where now I don't know who anyone is. And it starts when, like, when you watch SNL, and I still watch it every weekend, or I tape and watch the next day, because who can be up till one in the morning? That's crazy. And, um, and then the musical act, I'm like, I don't know who that is. You're not one of those uh, to people, oh, look who's performing. Because nah. I know a lot of them, Matt. I know you're the, uh, you're the guy looking at... Who's running on first down? Not, yeah, yeah. not what's on stage right now. No, no, no. When it comes to act, like movies, I'm damn good at. TV shows, not bad. Uh, music, not so good. But again, if you like everything, you love nothing. Um, do we got? Do we got? Okay, we're going to get Gil Alexander on in the show in a second. You know what? That's my fault because Gil would have been on here. I would have just yammered for a couple minutes, but then I had to ask, who the hell is that playing right now? Because you can't like everything. You know, everyone, when someone says, "Oh, I like all types of music," I'm like, "Well, then your opinion means nothing to me." You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose. Especially the older you get, who's got time to be into everything? Um, also, I, I'm getting nervous because I feel really good about where I'm leaning for the AFC and NFC championship games, and that makes me a little bit nervous. 
that I feel this good about it. You know, I was like, am I going to be jinxing myself? But, I mean, I, I just, I, I think a lot of us are the same way. And, and we'll get into it when it comes to the NFC Championship game, Eagles and the 49ers, and then the Chiefs and the Bengals. The biggest bummer for me is the Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain. That, that one bums me out because I wanted a 100% healthy Patrick Mahomes. We'll get into that. But join us now, and I say it over and over again, go to VEASAN, VEASAN.com. It's so easy, V-S-I-N.com. When it, they are the first sports bet, uh, betting network that is, it's 24-7. And you just follow them on Twitter, at VEASAN Live. Their betting experts deliver all the news analysis sports fans need to inform them on their wagering decisions. And for a limited time, you can get a one-month VEASAN Pro subscription that takes you through the big games for just $9.99. You'll get access to their 24-7 channel, all the big games, the big game betting guide, pro betting tips, and more, all for the all for less than 10 bucks. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe, and maybe uh, we'll find out is a uh, former NFL quarterback Sean King. Will he be giving his top NHL picks? Gil Alexander is joining us, host of a numbers game on VEASAN. Gil, can I get my favorite puck lines from Sean King the moment the Super Bowl is over? (laughs) Apparently you can, based on that promo, yes. Sean King... May have been a football player, but that man knows some horse racing, and I think he knows some hockey, too. Oh, yeah. he's He sometimes will drop a little knowledge. I feel like he does three minutes of research ahead of time just to impress the, you know, he'll find out who's, <laughs> who's the second-best defenseman on the Maple Leafs. And I'm like, damn, you, are re- you really are uh, wired in. Um, we'll go. <laughs> are you questioning Sean King's deep hockey knowledge? Is that what you just did there, right there? I, I am, because I have certainly done the same thing doing radio hits around the land. You know, I know how to. I know how to. You know, to do the jazz hands. The key is no follow-up questions, because then I would crumble. I see. I see. Noted. I filed that away. Yeah. So, like for instance, I'm going to ask you an Aussie Open question, and you will tell by the surface level quality of it. Oh, clearly Matthew Cause hasn't been following the career of Ben Shelton as closely as he should. <laughs> is. Is there any bet I should do beyond Jokovic winning the Aussie Open at minus 250? It feels like I should just do the cowardly Captain Obvious bet and move on with my life. Well, if you ever made a Captain Obvious bet, that would be a pretty good one to make. That's right. Um, Because he's just that dominant. And, you know, I don't want to say that he uh, over, you know, that his injury was overblown. Um, but I think his injury was overblown. And so, you know, he complained about a hamstring issue. Now, I don't want to make light of it either, because who knows, maybe it wasn't. But he seems to be fine now. He just absolutely uh, dispatched Alex DeBenor of Australia yesterday. And, and Djokovic is on his way. There's really nobody out there, with apologies to Stefanos Tsitsipas, who can really beat him here, and he should be on his way to his 22nd Grand Slam. What I would say is on the women's side, Matt, that it's, it's a lot more wide open, certainly narrowing now because we're in the quarterfinals, but every single night it gets more narrow, and I really think that the only two players right now that could win this are Arena Sabalenka, and my hunch is that it's going to not be her. It's going to be Elena Rybakina as the winner of this 
Australian Open. That's my hunch right now on the ladies' side. But even she is a pretty short shot right now, plus 125. Every one of these names scares the hell out of me. Can we please get Serena Williams back? Can we please get it? <laughs> I was about to make a joke based on your last answer, and I'm like, I, am I going to pronounce Donna Vekic? Vecic? Am I going to mispronounce that? So then I'm just going to awkwardly move on from uh, from the Aussie Open. Uh, I opened the show today, again, joined by Gil Alexander. Check out his work, host of a numbers game on VEASAN. Follow him on Twitter at beating the book, um, the line change in the with the Bengals Chiefs game, where at the moment uh, the a, the last round of the playoffs, Chiefs were a three point favorite. You blinked, and the Bengals were favored by a point and a half. Should Cincinnati be favored on the road? They should be only because of the obvious, right? I mean, look, we don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play on Sunday. And even if we do believe he's going to play, give it a go for the Chiefs after his ankle injury this past weekend. To, to what extent? How long will that ankle, you know, look, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but they might uh, shoot him up with a little something, but I don't what? know how long that can last. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. And, and Joe Burrow and the Bengals are, we've seen this now for two postseasons. He's unbelievable. They're a wrecking machine. And, you know, there's a lot of analytics on this, too, where it's like the, uh, and the other game has some as well, but I, you just don't know. The, Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball so quickly. The Bengals are super efficient on offense. Their defense is really, really underrated. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if, it, if Mahomes can't go, you know, Chad Henney, he went 98 yards this past weekend against Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville's got the worst team in the NFL, metrics-wise, against tight ends. And so it kind of played into the Chiefs' hands where Henney could just be Travis Kelsey unabated. That's not going to be the case if Chad Henney has to play any, if not all, of this game. And so I actually do think the Bengals are a justified favorite, just with that doubt. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And to add to that, when uh, anyone says, well, Henny led them on a 98-yard drive, go back, watch that drive. He threw for 23 yards on that drive. That was one long run for like 39 yards. Um, and I think there was like a rough in the passer penalty. But that drive was not about Chad Henny, you know, looking like that great backup quarterback. That was more about everything else going right. And also, if if Patrick Mahomes can play... If he's at all gimpy out there, then if you lose his mobility, it's not like he's a guy that runs for 100 yards, but he runs, you know, he, he runs side to side for 100 yards that allows him to complete these third and longs, and that can be taken away from him. Yeah, um, and by the way, one more thing about the Henny drive. If the third pass, the third play of the drive should have been an interception. All yes. They're deep, deep in Chiefs territory. But, the, you know, the Mahomes thing, and I won't bore your audience with, uh, with numbers and analytics, but just suffice it to say, after the ankle injury against the Jaguars, and sometimes our eyes don't, our brains don't process it, but, you know, analytics can. It, Mahomes didn't throw the ball downfield nearly as much on average. They stopped running play-action plays. Uh, to your point, many of their explosive plays involve Mahomes scrambling and being elusive, and he holds on to the ball 3.7 seconds on those typically. It was much less without his mobility uh, when he tried in these games. I mean, even, even the handoffs, Matt, he had to sort of lunge awkwardly and hobble. So I don't know. I mean, this is, it, it's a shame as a football fan, right? It's a shame that this might be compromised. Yeah. But that's the sport and that's where we are. Yeah, it is because it goes to the next question. Do you trust Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdo-Scantling, I think I mispronounced half that name, Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney? If, you know, if Cincinnati does a better job defending the tight end than Jacksonville, and I think they will, I, I just wonder if a not 100% healthy Patrick Mahomes, can he rely on some of those other targets to make plays? 
I mean, the the quick answer is no. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's always been the uh, sort of Achilles heel, if you will. I mean, Kadarius Tony is a fine little gimmick sort of gadget play guy, but they don't really have a true number one, and the tight end is really the position they rely on. And again, this ain't Jacksonville, right? This is Cincinnati. So I, I, I do think it's a justified favorite. I was able to get the, the quick teaser when Cincinnati was a uh, dog Sunday night. Ah. I'm glad I did. Yes. I'm glad I did. Yes. Yeah. Miles tough. Joined by Gil Alexander from VEASAN. Moving over to the Eagles. Um, how much of the Eagles' dominance on Saturday night was about what they are all about versus how bad the Giants are? Great question. I would say some, but that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So I think com- competition matters. It was part of my handicap going into this past week. You know, the Giants crushed Minnesota. Minnesota's dreadful on defense, right? The Giants' receivers were so wide open. Don't read too much into that when they take on the Eagles this past week. The... Um, you know, the same subsequent thing happened with, with Dallas. Don't, don't read in too much, too much into them crushing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is terrible. So that matters, even though, even though Dallas gave San Francisco a game. And I would, you know, what you're leading into with that question is true. The Giants were a big smoke and mirrors kind of mirage team this year. They, they, they overachieved. It's a wonderful story. But you can't read into it too much. Now, here's the, here's the big thing for me. San Francisco, and, and this is ESPN stats and information, so I give them the credit, but they like, you know, they break down the, the field into like 15 vertical parallel, you know, areas. And Jalen Hurts, with the addition of A.J. Brown, was really super good in the middle of the field this year. The problem is, is that San Francisco crushes their opponents defensively in the middle of the field. Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are so unbelievably adept at keeping up with not only tight ends, but in some cases, wideouts. And so that allows D'Amico Ryan's and that defense to be really effective. And I think that's a real problem for the Eagles this Sunday. And the blueprint given to beat the Eagles was done by the Washington Commanders on a Monday night, you may recall, where they sort of play keep away from the Eagles, yep. held onto the ball. I think they're a poor man's version of the Niners. I think the Niners match up really well with the Eagles. I'm all about the Bengals and Niners this weekend. Interesting. I'm half with you. I am all over the Bengals. I think for me, though, the Eagles, um, their offensive line was able to push around the one few strengths the Giants have, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Thibodeau. And the other side, they just keep rotating in defensive linemen who all seem to get pressures. And, I mean, who knows what the final result will be. I think Philly might be the only team in the NFL that says our offensive and defensive lines are as good and maybe even better than the 49ers. It's it's not it's certainly a, a, an interesting point. I will say this. I mean, here's my one concession that I've always made about the Niners. Yeah. And again, full disclosure here, Matt. I, I have futures on the Niners, <laughs> so maybe maybe perhaps I'm being somewhat colored by that. We all let's, do. Let's it. try to remove that. Let's try to remove that for a second. I do concede that Brock Purdy has been super fortunate. Like he throws a lot of good balls, but every once in a while he'll throw a bad one, and he has been super fortunate thus far that those passes have not been picked off. So that's the one thing that I really am concerned about, where will that sort of, we, we talk about fumble luck a lot, will his interception luck, if you will, continue? It, it, it's a great question. How about this? How about just to end with this? We don't know who's going to win, but if you look at the books, if you look at FanDuel, wherever you go, um, both these games are one and a half, two, two and a half is the spread. So what, what Vegas, what the books are telling us is that in theory, we should be in for two great games. 
Yeah, and it's the most, if you look at, if you even look at the futures market, right, to win the Super Bowl, it is the closest, it is the most closely bunched four teams mm. headed in the championship week than I can personally ever remember. Wow. Right. Well, that means, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I feel, I feel nervous because I feel good about my two picks. But thank you, Gil, for undermining my <laughs> NFC championship game a little bit. Um, go to VEASAN.com. Check out the man's work, a numbers game, 10 to 12 uh, p.m. on Eastern, and, uh, and follow him on Twitter at Beating the Book. Gil, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining the show today. Thank you so much, Matt. Absolutely. That is Gil Alexander. All right, on the other side of the center of the day, we'll hear from Johnny Goudreau. And uh, the, the embattled former Calgary Flame, where I thought uh, the Calgary Flame crowd and Johnny Goudreau handled the return perfectly. We'll hear from him. We'll do that in just a moment. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. I was going to do that thing, you know, I was going to come back. Welcome back, gals and fellas, and try to do some sort of country thing, but that's insulting. Country music is incredibly popular. Um, no one does sad music better than them. I'm not going to be music snob guy and say anything negative about country music, because I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of new music anyway. The last new band that I found was Arcade Fire, that was 2004. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that thing. Matt, we've never had this conversation. Like, what is yeah. your genre to go to? It, like, what's your number one? I'm throwing on my phone right now. and need yeah. some tunes in the background. Clean the house. Uh, let's see. It would be, like, again, the newest band would be Arcade Fire. I was certainly into um, Postal Service, Modest Mouse. Um, then before that, it's really, you know, it's, it's Bowie, it's Dylan, it's the, the Rolling Stones. Depends on the day. Yeah, you know, it'd be that. It'd be a lot of what would be considered classic rock. Uh, Springsteen. So yeah, classic rock okay. with about four or five, a little cluster of four or five new bands. But the newest band came out like twenty years ago. So so there's no there's no deep dive into the newer music nowadays. No, because just so much of my time is podcasts. I get that. You know, and like again, you only have so many hours in a day, so it's going to be podcasts. Um, when I'm writing my opening thought, I I'll do like either old jazz. Or I'll sometimes do classical music. Okay. Yeah. To get yeah. you in the mood. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just, you know, sometimes just, just uh, clear clear the head. How about you? Okay, we got, we got, like, two, we got like two and a half minutes here. Uh, 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 name one band that I would know. That you would know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's go away from bands. How about uh, artists? Like, you sure. know the Drakes. The, you know the Drakes. The Drake. Or you, mean Drake? you know Drake. Okay. Yes. You know. Yes, I'm familiar. I like Travis Scott mm -hmm. for all the rap fans out yes, there. For all the hip and the hop fans. Yep. They're uh, not really into the band. It, it, more into the the rap scene. The, the okay. So then yeah. you and I are gonna you know we're gonna have uh, different uh, different opinions, different now. views, which is good. If we all have the same thoughts, how boring would life be? It would. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to sound of the day. So last night it was the Calgary Flames with a very satisfying win for the home crowd, beating Johnny Goudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-3. And afterwards, Johnny Goudreau was asked about his return to Calgary. Yeah, it was great, yeah. I definitely heard him over the booze, um, you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, felt, uh, felt pretty nice to, to see everyone kind of standing up and, you know, clapping their hands and cheering for me. 
and then five seconds after start to go in again. So, um, you know, that's what I expected um, coming here. Uh, it's a great fan base, and um, you know, they're passionate fans. So, uh, I loved it. It was uh, it was a special night. All right, I was going to comment on that in the crowd. What was going on in the background? Was, did someone flush a toilet? Was that was that some well, sort of like like bathroom you know fan? What you know what happens when you're in the locker room? Yeah, the game's over. You're just trying to take off your uh-huh. your, your equipment. Yeah, there was some there was some flushing. Yeah. Bathroom action at the end. Okay, so they I, have to I, get the question out, but someone had to go. Yeah, there there was definitely some flushing, and that that fan that really comes in handy when you're vacationing with your partner and you're staying in a very small hotel room where the bathroom is located very close to where you're hanging out, and you would like your shame to be masked, and that's why you want that fan to be on with an incredibly loud decibel level. But that's a conversation we can get into on another day because then we're just going down a really kind of disgusting road. <laughs> you surely are. Yes. It is a light night tonight, so, you know, check out other uh, what's going on with other teams that isn't, uh, that isn't your own. It's uh, kind of a light night in sports. Lighter night in sports in the Toronto scene, for sure. Maple Leafs, Rangers tomorrow night. Yep. Raptors, Kings. Yes. From Sacktown. Like yeah. the beam over there, but... Clippers Lakers Battle of yes. LA. That's an intriguing matchup. Yep. Clippers have won nine of the last ten games mm-hmm. against the Lakers, so it should be intriguing to see how LeBron James responds to that. Also chasing his points all time. Yep. And you got uh, Miami Heat and Boston Celtics is uh, is a pretty good game as well. Minnesota Tampa on the NHL side, so there is some interesting stuff. But tomorrow we'll get you set for the Leafs. We will get you set for the Raptors, and we we'll get closer to the NFC AFC Championship game. Gameplay on TSN 1050 was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. This show is done. Coming up next, it's Overdrive. It's Noodles. It's O Dog. It's Brian Hayes. But first, traffic.